Hello and welcome back to Between the Notes, a Motif Music podcast recorded at the Parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we are sitting down with solo artist and former host of Between the Notes, Ben Shaw. We want to thank the Parlor for hosting as well as our other sponsors, R1 Indoor Karting, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. We'll get started today by enjoying a performance from our guest before we sit down with him to discuss his experiences with the local music scene. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Hello everybody, my name is Ben Shaw. I'm very thankful to be here for the Between the Notes podcast. I'd like to thank the parlor for hosting us as always. I'm gonna play a couple of songs for you tonight. These are all original tunes of mine. This first one is about playing late night sets at a bar for a little money. It's called The Late Set. On the edge of a parking lot Trying to find the strength going and I'm burning my aching heart and my shift can begin let's play the late set on Thursday night playing songs that all sound the same strum guitar fold the dim lights and hound dogs who think it's funny to mispronounce my name Sip of whiskey is on my table Keeps my voice low, my head high Next to a tip jar I label The promise is a love song for a fight Hasn't always been stripping my pubs In a town no one knows Took a chance on a life I could love how far dreams could go Lay my hand down in New Orleans Kick my ass to L.A. Made my last stand in Kansas City But they sent me crawling back to where I came I thought I was made for the gamble That I was ready for the game It was more than I could handle on Besides, most clubs are the same anyway So I settle for good enough Cause it gets me through the day Tomorrow I know they'll be sure to come Brighter nights are coming on my way
the time I got left is I watched the bar start to close down. I got one more song to go in my set and I hope that my soul will be found. Soon I'll be dining on city lights Beneath marquees with my name But now I'm counting my money on the bar Eating cold chicken under green fluorescent shades But I'm more than a bartender And a guitar on a stool Bigger than this untethered heart Singing about dreams like a fool But I'm more than a bartender And a guitar on a stool Bigger than this untethered heart Singing about his dreams Like a fool I find a lot of my songs are about traveling, going somewhere, seeing something new, or the absence of it being stuck. I think I always kind of had the bug for it, being from a small state, Rhode Island, you know, you always about two seconds from being out of it. So I think your mind's just kind of always on that. And the song's about traveling. It's called Yellow Eye. in my head to the taxi's break lights and I thought about this old friend of mine as I made my way to the commuter line you tell me Evan can't wait for another day settle this towel there'll be hella pay so hop aboard and get my ticket stamped twice Cause I can't afford the fare to paradise Oh, now there you go, sitting there watching me leave again Here I go, pretending that I'm never coming back Maybe this time I think I'm gonna buy me a one-way ride instead But you know all too well that I can't I'm stuck behind the yellow line I'm looking for my departure time And staring down what remains of the track This train is packed with lost identity Faces drawn like Rockwell memories Going now, find a life we can rebuild, and then we 
Riding back home with our pockets half filled I've been around this old town for way too long There used to be a borderline but now it's gone Wish I could leave these broken smokestacks Where they lay and turn their shatter bricks to golden road on There you go, sitting there watching me leave again. Here I go, pretending that I'm never coming back. Maybe this time I think I'm gonna buy me a one-way ride instead. But you know all too well that I can't. Oh, I'm stuck behind the yellow line. I'm looking for my departure time and staring down what remains of the track. To me leave again here i go pretending that i'm never coming back maybe this time i think i'm gonna buy me a one way ride instead but you know too damn well that i can oh i'm stuck behind the yellow line i'm looking for my departure time and staring down what remains of the track Thank you very much. So this next song is, uh, you know, I guess you're not supposed to have favorites or whatever, but this is, uh, this is one of my favorites. I, uh, uh, it was written a couple of years ago and is uh, actually getting uh, released this Friday on uh, streaming platforms as a special single for an album that we got coming up in uh, December. But this is uh, one of those songs that I, I grew up, you know, loving really good stories, really good songwriting. And when I found John Prine, it just kind of all made sense when I started listening to his music. And so I always kind of wanted to write a song in his spirit. I've always kind of been searching for that. And so when he died a couple of years ago, I was, you know, in the middle of kind of trying to write something. And I just came up with this, this little line that I thought re worked really well and kind of spoke how he spoke, you know, pretty simply, pretty effective language, not really going too far out there, and spoke to a life that wasn't my own, you know, kind of what he used to do with Angel from Montgomery and other songs like that, so. Um, this song is about a, uh, is about a middle-aged woman who, who works at a gas station. She's on the third shift. And she's thinking back, reminiscing about her lost loves, her regrets, her mistakes, and, and her time spent as a teenage beauty queen. And she's just thinking back on that young age and wishing that she could tell that young girl that she still has hope, she still has dreams, and that, and that she can get there too. And the way she tells her is by telling her that she still has kept the dress. She tells her that, that I still put on the dress and tried to impress 
The girl in the mirror Who knows she's worth more than that I tell her it still fits And if I wanted I could quit this job And give her the world That she thought would exist This one's called Madeline. I was a beauty queen at 17, planning life by quizzes in magazines and now I hand out receipts for gasoline at the filling station off of exit 3 selling cigarettes and coffee rolls the faded maps that show only local roads Behind the glass in my booth all alone I see that young girl reflected in an old woman's clothes Oh well, how can I tell that I I think it's time she moved on the better life that she had in mind for us well the fairy tales all gone I still put on the dress and try to impress the girl in the mirror who knew she's worth more than this. I tell her it still fits, and if I wanted, I could quit this job and give her the world that she thought would exist. Well, Midnight comes as the cars all go. The only people around are on the radio. I try not to think of all the cash in the drawer, cause I ain't looking for that kind of trouble anymore. How can I tell Madeline that I, I think it's time she moved on? It's not gonna turn out the way that you like, but it's good enough to carry you along. 
still put on the dress and try to impress the girl in the mirror who knows she's worth more than this and tell her it still fits and if I want it I could quit this job and give her the world that she thought would exist Someday I'll wear it to work and I'll put on my crown and twirl in the booth while I make change and do my routines for people heading through town and I'll blow on a kiss as they're pulling away. But I still put on the dress and try to impress the girl in the mirror who knows she's worth more than this. I tell her it still fits and if I wanted I could quit this job and give her the world that she thought would exist. Thank you. I think I have time for about one more song here, so I want to say thank you very much to Motif for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, great local magazine doing a lot for local artists, and especially thank you to The Parlor for having us here today. It really means a lot. You can catch me here a lot a lot during the, during the month for different things, and I mean, they just have always been so supportive of local music and local musicians, so... I'm going to play one more song for you. Like I said, this one's called Sailboats. And uh, if you really like it, we just, uh, back in April, put out an EP uh, full, a seven-song EP called Seven Songs. Very inventive. But uh, this is the last song on it. And this is one of those songs that, again, you know, kind of as a songwriter, you reach these kind of peaks and valleys. I mean, in any kind of creative pursuit where for a long time you'll kind of be down. You're not really writing anything good. And then every once in a while something will come along that just like really works for you and is, is kind of really what you're trying to go for and what you're trying to say and you just kind of nail it and this this song always felt like that because you know growing up on an island I just always felt kind of stuck kind of anchored to where I was and then especially I have a day job so working during the day and and watching all these things happen and being in Newport watching sailboats go and these these big beautiful yachts going out to sea and the open ocean and here I am stuck mowing lawns is, you know, it's just uh, one of those things that you just kind of sit there thinking about where you could go. So I wrote the song Sailboats about that. Once again, my name is Ben Shaw. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find me at BenjaminShawMusic.com, Instagram at BenjaminShawMusic just around Rhode Island. So. I see sailboats finding better shores Ships built with three masts or more I see other men fat off the catch they bore While I'm wondering how long been good for and 
diesel from the harbor sticking my breath. It's pushing our fresh air I had left. It's all water us, the parts I need to fix this busted up machine. The current's full, but I try to keep the canvas clean. Soon sails will fill with hopes of reaching home. That stones will break and make way as you roam. But keep it land to your starboard side Be weary of the tide I yell from my bar stool In this cold northeastern dive As I see sailboats finding better shores Ships filled with three masts or more I see other men fed off the catch they bore While I'm wondering how long it been good for Well, my first year's on the coast, I saw ghosts about to crack, carrying storylines be written on their backs. Not afraid of hauling cargo to try to find a different end. Here I am again. The cemetery near my house is getting full. Established names fill almost every row. Familiar faces leaving roses take traces of the stone. Tending to the ground, plan to be below. I keep my eye upon the wind and take me out. Easterly comes through to get me south. I'll cut the morning line and say goodbye to the shores. I move on to the deep and darkened waters where I. Sailboats finding better shore. Ships built with three masts or more. I see other men fed off the catch they bore. While I'm wondering how long that I'll see sailboats finding better shores. Ships built with three masts or more. I'll see other men fed off the catch they bore while I'm wondering how long that I'll be anchored for. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on Between the Notes podcast today. And thank you to the sponsors. We want to shout out Rhode Island Indoor Carding, and we want to shout out Graysale Brewing. We want to shout out The Parlor. And I just wanted to, again, thank everybody for watching every week here Between the Notes Mondays. Um, ben, you have had a really busy weekend. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I saw that you had a bunch of shows, and it's all related to this right here, right now, right? And right. culminating point. <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, I made the joke on Instagram that I feel like I'm the uh, unofficial 
artist in residence here at the parlor. Yeah, definitely um, you are. And um, you just had the jazz jam. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I run um, on the first Sunday of every month. I run the jazz jam. I'm mm-hmm. besides being like a singer songwriter. I started playing tenor saxophone and I kept it through college. I kept playing it uh, and pursuing jazz music. But, you know, th- th- while this is my kind of major focus, I still like to play jazz every once in a while and really like try to figure out how I can use that to bring a community together because we have such a great uh, community of jazz musicians Mm -hmm. around Rhode Island that really don't have many places that can go that they can go to play and perform. And and especially with the the jazz thing that as we try to do it, it's a very community focused thing. So it's very all it's, it's all ages, it's all abilities. We don't really bother with trying to cut each other down. And I think Gregory here at the parlor really has brought a lot of, that kind of community spirit to not only his bar, but the music scene in general. So it's it's really nice to kind of partner with him and the parlor at large to present that event. Yeah, and of course it's connecting you with the other musicians here right. that you know are in the area, but they're also playing heavily here. For example, you just did a show on Saturday with Evening Sky Band. Yeah, yeah. I, the guys in Evening Sky were another one of those bands that are just kind of in the jazz scene around here in general. And I had, I had been such a big fan of their stuff for so long that I used to go you know, see them at shows and everything. And I knew uh, Joe Potenza, the bass player, from just playing gigs kind of around town. And then Gino Rosati, the guitar player, I would know him. And then you know, through them, met Eric and Chris mm-hmm. and you know, knew the band and really respected, loved the band. And then they, I had released a jazz album kind of... To be honest, at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of the kind of quarantine period, uh, it was supposed to come out. We were supposed to have a release show. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, my first jazz album, and then like we never got to do it. But one of the tracks on there kind of caught Joe Potenza's ear, and he said like, "Oh, I think we really mesh well musically because we both love like Bill Frisell, Charles Lloyd, Brian Blade, and the Fellowship." So mm-hmm. that sensibility really fed into this partnership. Nice. And so with the people that you perform with, right, most of these people are in other bands. Yes. And you yourself are in many bands. Do you want to shout out any of the acts you perform with? Yeah, I kind of, I, I mean, pretty much I'm just sort of like for hire. You know, if, <laughs> if you need a sax player, like I, you know, okay. speaking about, <laughs> exactly. Hey, BenjaminShawMusic.com, yeah, hit me up at exactly. the contact page. <laughs> but no, I, um. For instance, like uh, Gregory performs with this great band, Animal Face. Like I've sat in with them before. Uh, I play with this uh, Beatles cover band called Funky Submarine mm-hmm. that we're actually playing here at the parlor surprise, again in surprise. residence uh, <laughs> this coming Saturday. Uh, Evening Sky, I sit in with them, but I sit in with like a bunch of different other bands, mm-hmm. just kind of here and there. You know, if if I know a guy and he sees, you know, he or she sees me like walking in with my saxophone, sometimes you get the like, oh yeah, come on, which is one of the nice things about. Being a saxophone player, there's yes. not many horn players that are kind of around the scene. But you know, it's and it's it's been really a it's a been a blessing to kind of continue that and mm. to keep doing it because I feel like what I really want to do is you know focus so much on my singer songwriter stuff and kind of like the performance and the in the songwriting and in the, the playing of that. But this kind of gives me you're always looking for those like you little unique things mm-hmm. that you can get. And I think the saxophone kind of helps me just be a little bit different, mm-hmm. gives me a different timbre, a different sense of melody, maybe or just uh, especially with the jazz background, a different way of thinking about the tunes and mm-hmm. who I invite on stage. For instance, like 
my buddy Ryan Cowell will play vibraphone for a lot of the stuff that we have, you know, and he'll play auxiliary percussion, mm-hmm. kind of give you that like weird like Paul Simon sort of Tom Waits. I mean, leaning more so towards Tom Waits than Paul Simon, leaning mostly towards Tom Waits, but it's you know with the weirdness and the kind of clanging and stuff. But uh, you know, it's 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 those things that I think really shaped my just trying to find a different approach yeah, to it. The X factor, they call right. it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, getting back to you playing guitar, the song that you were doing, um, Madeline? Madeline, yes, yeah. yes. That song I saw you, and you said you were recording it, right? Yeah, we, uh, so last, last September, uh, I had gathered all the material kind of over quarantine. Um, I had started writing a couple of songs and they just seemed to all fit really well together. Mm-hmm as I was kind of writing them and assembling them and, and I developed this narrative arc for them. And I said like, well, you know, I, I had at the time kind of put in the can about five or six tunes for this other album, um, seven songs that I released in April. And I had all this other material and I'm like, it just, it really felt like it was a kind of an evolution of my songwriting capabilities and Mm -hmm. just like my kind of sonic, textural sense Mm -hmm. so i got all my buddies together and i was like hey i'm gonna book some studio time let's do this here are the eight you know here are the nine songs or whatever i I think it's nine yeah (laughs) i don't why why i would not know that by my own album i don't know from seven to nine but it's exactly we're going up next one's 11 oh it's you know but it's so i I contacted, um, I had worked with Brad Krieger, Bradford Krieger over at Big Nice Studio on the jazz album. I'm like, hey man, I got this idea and I just need a weekend. So we booked a weekend. Mm-hmm. Like a couple months down the road, we rehearsed the tunes and we recorded it last September. So it's going to be my first full length album that's going to come out in December. And the first single is the uh, same, It it is Madeline, which carries the same title as the album itself. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a... Nine, it's going to be a full-length album and a novella that comes out with it. There's Wonderful. like a 17,000-word novella. Hopefully that, um, you'll be doing a release party here. <laughs> well, I, well, that's the thing. It's like I'm, I've been trying to like figure out, because we did my last release party here, of yes, course. seven songs. Yeah. Um, we released seven songs here, and it was great. And I've just been kind of like looking for um, like a really unique experience because it's the way it is. Like I'm really trying to focus on how to make everything that I do kind of part of the art piece itself as pretentious and dumb as that sounds. But no, I totally respect, like yeah. I, I look at you as like a really serious musician, Thank you. an artist that has kind of an image of brand, like a tone, something that you're trying to convey to your audience, but also to the people you work with that right. like, this is serious for you. Like, and it shows in how much like material you're working on in the progress, like the ebb and flow of it, yeah. you know? And so, like, it's it totally makes sense when you're saying you want an experience. Yeah, and to be like to to break from the kind of interview thing, I, I really truly appreciate hearing that it comes across as serious because I think for a long time we were talking earlier about one of the things I used to do was uh, I was in this band Milk Bread for a long time and it was like a hip hop, jazz, funk, R and B thing. I was the MC. I would play saxophone. I would rap. I would do all that stuff, and it was great. And I just felt. Like at the time we had an opportunity because it was so different, it was so unique. And it was me and my buddy Dylan were like kind of the principal songwriters and we had a chance to do something really special. But because 
I, at the time, was in my 20s, and I kind of lacked seriousness. You know, I just, I was kind of all over the place, mm. as I am now. But there More was no... Well, exactly. <laughs> and I didn't know that there really was a way to do it on your own. I was just kind of... What I would do is I would we would do something and I would wait around and say like oh they'll find they'll find me one day mm-hmm. you know we'll just make good music and then we'll be found and I've realized now that it's not really like that mm-hmm. that you have the ability to do these things like I you know to get my buddies together go to the studio and just record a jazz album which I never thought I'd do because I really thought I was a terrible musician you know player and everything and I just really just kind of put that on myself and imposter syndrome exactly yeah. and, and even worse <laughs> just like not not worthy of doing that yes. same thing with like any of this material like just thinking that you know not really having faith and and belief in the songs and then finally kind of when i turned 30 to be mm. honest like three years ago kind of flipping that switch and saying like no man like it, it doesn't matter it right. you can do this if you approach it with a seriousness and a dedication, you can actually create and do beautiful things. Right. And no one needs to, there's no gatekeeper. Like, you know, I cut grass during the day so that I don't have to, <laughs> you know, do all the, you know, like that's what I do during the day. I earn, you know, I can pay for all my responsibilities, all my bills that, you know, my wife and I, anything that we have to pay for, I can, you know, keep up my share of things. And then on the side, I can just totally dedicate it to, crafting my own voice Mm -hmm. so that's a long way to answer a question that you didn't ask (laughs) well you're cutting cutting grass so then you can cut records yeah yay there we go (laughs) you know what what we'll do is i'll just have eric edit out everything i just said you just cut in with and just put it over my mouth going cutting grass no i appreciate you you explaining like that whole process that evolution for you as an artist because like my familiarity with the local music scene is that is such I see it a lot actually is people don't believe in themselves or they don't take it seriously yes. and they're not promoting and like they're not sharing and you are not just sharing you're, you're sharing other people's stuff too yeah. even because of how you've made these connections you're a supporter like of the arts in general not yeah. just yourself and I think that a lot of artists do struggle with trying to put themselves out there because then what happens if you do right. succeed? Yeah, you have to show up and do it. <laughs> well, and it's and it's also, in a way, I think sometimes people think like, well, if I if I try really hard, and if I really put myself out there, and I'm really, really vocal about it, and I'm really public about it, that I want to succeed, and I don't. Mm. What does that say? Mm-hmm. It's like I always. I, my, my wife and I always have this talk because I've, since I was a little kid, I'm like tiny kid, mm. I've wanted to be a musician. That's all I've really? wanted to do. Okay. What, as little kid you, yeah. what would you think about you now as a musician? I think I'd be confused. <laughs> I think I'd be, I would like the fact that, uh, I styled my hair after like Elvis, you mm-hmm. know, like trying to get that kind of thing because I think he and I would agree because the first song I ever remember hearing was Hound Dog. Oh, and wow. it like just totally like blasted my brain in two. And so it's like, I think he'd be pretty jazzed about that <laughs> and the fact that I could play That's All Right Mama. But yeah, I think other than that, I don't think he'd have a clue what was right. going on. He'd just be like, okay. How did it start for you? Guitar? It, start, it actually started with saxophone. Um, I was... I, I was looking for something, looking for an instrument. I would just loved music. I was, I was all about it, all I wanted to do, but I had no real entry. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, and they have a good music thing going on. They have a good music program, but it's, 
it's not like there's really any big performing opportunities or anything. So it just kind of seemed like, oh, it was just out there. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like small town USA almost could be anywhere. And it, there just wasn't really a, a, it wasn't like a central hub of the arts. But I found the sac- found my way to the saxophone through school and I had fallen in love with it early on, just listening to some music and then through like private lessons found Sonny mm-hmm. Rollins and then kind of found my my guide for the rest of my life. Just like, okay, well, <laughs> Sonny, I'll just kind of like follow Sonny for a while. And then you kind of kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. And what really changed my mind was what really kind of did it for me because I like playing saxophone. I love performing, but when I realized that you could write your own music and you could perform your own music, that was like a total game changer for me. I listened to, um, I got this Miles Davis record, uh, Birth of the Cool, mm-hmm. and there's a song Moon Dreams on there. And then I realized like that it, was, it wasn't written by Miles Davis. It was written with Miles Davis by Gil Evans. And it's like, oh, there's this crazy thing that this guy can do and, you know, it's just like just a dumb way to be, you know, to think like, oh, well, of course, everyone's writing their own songs, but just not thinking that I could do it. And so I found my way to writing music through like bands in high school and just it kind of kind of tumbled out from mm-hmm. there where I just that's really what I like most of all is is writing. And I've kind of found that bug. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about writing is that especially if you kind of understand music theory a little bit, even even just in a, in a small way, you can really kind of spool out all these different threads, all these of, you know, working on classical music, working on jazz, especially if you have uh, kind of the kind of music basis, that music theory basis that jazz and jazz training provides. Mm-hmm. And then you can go into like Americana music and, rock and roll and you just because you're just picking up bits of language and figuring out like how you can work your own voice Mm -hmm. saying the words that like they would and and how you can you know assimilate and innovate and Mm -hmm. kind of just kind of go from there it's Mm -hmm. so writing was really what kind of solidified things for me but it was it was just through school music programs that way yeah so your creative spark really was set ablaze by having now the tools. Right, <laughs> exactly. Once I once I learned that there was again, it's. I feel like I learned these lessons five years before they actually kind of sink in. Mm-hmm. Where I learned like, oh yeah, you can just write your own songs and you can perform them, and you just mm-hmm. pick up a guitar and you learn and you just do that. And then it was like, okay, I know that. And then you know, five years later, it's like, oh yeah, why don't I just do that? Mm-hmm. So about. 2015 the uh the band i was previously in kind of dissolved just no one was mad at just like time and constraints and geographic limitations so then i had always wanted to do this again because being a fan of elvis and john prine and tom waits and just saying like oh man well why don't i just do this and Mm -hmm. that was around the time like i discovered like jason isbell and sturgill simpson and you know Joni mitchell i just kind of dove head first into Joni Mitchell and Tom Waits's catalog and just mm-hmm. kind of bathed myself in that. Not that you hear a lot of Joni Mitchell in my stuff now, but right. she's in there somewhere. Oh yeah. She's a true inspiration for a lot of people. Um, so what I was going to ask you next is now that you are already in the throes of mm. your creative pursuits, like what advice would you give to your younger self? Think about it. <laughs> so, what I would say 
because I actually I think about this a lot because um, my mind just buzzing constantly anyway. But uh, I, I think especially if I was back at college, what I would do because like. Mm-hmm. High school, I think, like, even if I could go back and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't know if I would take my own advice. You know, I would say, like, hey, man, you can practice. You should probably learn piano. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, and it's like, it would just be like that. Mm-hmm. But in college, I think what I would say is just start. Mm-hmm. Just just make things. Write really bad music. Because honestly, like I wrote, I have a lot of bad music. I was talking with Mike about this earlier. I have most of what I've written is like probably really bad, mm-hmm. like that I, I wouldn't really want to show anybody just because it's, you know, unformed. It just like doesn't make sense. It's like I'm searching for something. I don't really quite get there. The melody's not good. But through that, you sort of develop taste. You develop your your sort of sense of self, your sense of your own craft mm-hmm. and everything. And you know, that's kind of how you get it. You just have to kind of keep doing it. And what I would say is the best way to to make sure that you're producing on a regular basis is to be disciplined about it. You know, there it really there's a lot to be said about just showing up every day, mm-hmm. sitting in front of a blank page and going, hmm. And just kind of trying something mm-hmm. writing down like a note or sitting with your like for me a saxophone or a piano and saying like let me just put my hands down see whatever shape they make and say like okay where can i go with that yeah you know because i always like to say that writing is sort of like these um it's kind of like a russian doll almost like a russian nesting mm-hmm. doll almost like it's these concentrically smaller boxes that you keep putting yourself into mm-hmm. so you start off with this blank page. And the first thing you have to do is you kind of have to define the outer edges of it and say, it's like, okay, well, I'm in A major, Mm -hmm. let's say. Well, now you have such a huge, you have your kind of foundational place that you can start from. Or let's say, I want to write a song about, like with Madeline, it was, I want to write a song about a person's life that I have no connection to, that I that is like a completely separate story than my own. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking like, well, who am I not? I'm not a middle-aged woman. <laughs> I don't work at a gas station. And I was never a former beauty queen. Mm-hmm. So right there, not that those all just came, you know, right away. But it was like, they just like in the details, like writing mm-hmm. about a middle-aged woman. Well, she's regretful. She's mournful about something in her life. What would that be? Well, because of all these things and her hopes and dreams and yada, yada, yada. You just... Mm-hmm you can kind of keep going from there. And there's going to be a lot of days that you just won't get anything. But if you just keep showing up every day and just trying, even if it's, if, uh, like I, I write classical music every, you know, and so I also, you know, do, I was been working on this piano score for this, uh, piano suite I've been doing. And so it's like for that, it's like two measures. If I can get two measures today, yeah. In an hour, if I can get two measures, and that's that is a l- very small amount of music, but if I can get two measures, then great. Or like with the singer songwriter stuff, if I can just get my my st- this stanza, if I can get these two lines down, if I can figure this out, figure out this form, that's it. And then incremental it, progress, exactly is exponential results. There you go. <laughs> See, again, I, so again, we just need to take out everything I do, put it as like a bonus episode on the side. Like, hey, here's every like chunk of word. But That's just what I 
everything you said it processed like that yeah. and exactly what you're describing makes so much sense the the artistic and creative process of anything yeah it requires you to show up and expect to not do your best until you keep doing that and then it's something that you're proud of right and i mean do you find do you find that in anything that you're doing like what is it it's really crazy because yeah, I just I just started a band. I play piano and oh, nice. we just had our first show on Saturday. Oh, very cool. Oh, what's <laughs> the name of the band? Transmutation. Oh, there you go. Where'd you play? And we played at the Providence Innovation District Park, which is at the end of the footbridge. Oh. There's a big beer garden and they set up a stage and my band um, played, and again, the name of the band is Transmutation, and mm. the whole point of that name is to describe to people the process of creating music when you have no experience. Yeah. You have to transmute all of your fear and anxiety into something that is worth all that effort that you showed up and you've done the work, honest work of just looking yeah. at yourself and being like, nah, I don't like that. That's not how I want to re represent myself. Yeah. So. It just mirrored everything that you were saying to me. That's why I was like, yes, 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 yes. Exponential results required. No, it, <laughs> it's, and I think it really comes down to having the discipline. Just a, like there's this uh, great, it's like, you know, it could be erroneous. You know, it's, it, it's a quote that's kind of attributed to Kobe Bryant where he talks about how, you know, determine you know there's like motivation motivation's great motivation will get you up all that stuff mm -hmm. but when motivation dies that's when discipline takes over like True. it's because you can be motivated for two days three days but your motivation is not going to be the thing that gets you there on day four day five when mm -hmm. you're like man screw this i don't want to be here it's that discipline of right. showing up right and also i would say the beauty and the gift of the creative ability is that you have now the power to re-impassion yeah. yourself and find whatever that was that was motivating you to begin with. If you lose that, having a gift like playing music helps you re find that again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to, I used to really hate practice. I still do. <laughs> yeah. I don't like. I I really am not a good practicer. Mm -hmm. I, as like weird and as that may sound, it's like I'm just not a good practicer at my craft and sitting there and really trying to do it. But I find what really works is to change it from the idea of like, oh, I have to practice to like, you know, as like corny as this may sound, as I get to practice, mm. you know, that kind of like real crunchy granola way of looking at it is like, man, I get to like, I get to do this. But it, it changes something that is a obligation into an opportunity where you get to say it's like oh I have to do this but now like oh man I'm I'm going to get to yeah. I get to play I get to like I get to sit down with my guitar and just noodle around and say like oh mm -hmm. man how did this guy do that and like figure things out and write a new song and maybe that song is the next you know is is the next angel from Montgomery is the next make it rain is it whatever it is you know it could be the next you know carry who do, who knows <laughs> but for you it's just making sure you get there and mm. you just put in the time and you just trust the process as much as you can. Right. <laughs> well, I thank you for sharing those tidbits, especially to your, you know, younger self, but to anybody else that's like watching and, and needed to hear that. Like yeah. I did too. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Um, and I just wanted to just ask, is there anything else you want to share with the people watching that you have? You want to promote coming up? Yeah, there's um. So this Thursday at uh, the Warren House of Pizza in, you guess it, Warren, Rhode Island. 
Uh, I do this thing on the third Thursday of every month, which is called Open Sessions. And the idea behind that is it's essentially an open rehearsal. You know, the, the kind of conceit is that it's an open rehearsal. Mm -hmm. What it really is, is it's a chance for me and my buddies to get together to play my play my songs, play some new songs, play some covers without the sort of overbearing, like, need to be perfectionist about mm -hmm. it, you know, which, you know, as we talked about earlier, I really do want to aim for being good, being very, I'm very serious when it comes to performing, but I'm also serious about allowing myself to have fun and just create and just be in a room where it's it's loose and every month we feature we, every month we'll feature a different artist this time it's steve donovan who oh. um you can catch steve <laughs> here every wednesday at the parlor open mic doing the open mic uh but he's a brilliant songwriter on his own right uh singer and guitarist i mm -hmm. mean just really great so that's from 8 to 10 p.m it's 10 bucks but you get you know, the chances like see musicians having fun, you know, you can ask us questions. Like if somebody out there hears me talk about creativity or whatever, or it's just like how I approach things. And you're like, I want to ask Ben another question about that or tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> then that's fine. Come to open sessions. I don't care if you want to, if you pay the $10, I'll let you tell me I'm wrong. I don't care about that, <laughs> but it's just an opportunity for us to get out there and, um, every month and just and just play with no without the anxiety of like trying to do a performance which we still go out and play very you know serious performances and like very structured and very you know thinking about you know trying to make the art but the art here is the looseness the free the uh the just openness to it mm. Yeah, and I think that because you're putting that energy out there, you're going to attract people who are also trying to do the same thing. And it's really admirable of you to have it just like open, you know, and yeah. welcome all people. But I think um, it can also be intimidating. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the thing is like, like we do the jazz jam and that's great. Like people can come up with open sessions. It's like you just kind of, you come and I mean, if there's like somebody I knew and like I like I had a buddy like, you know, come through and it's like, okay, he plays drums or something. It's like, I know him. We've, he's played these tunes before he can hop up and everything, but it's not, it's not where it's like an opportunity for people to play. It's not like an open mic. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's, it's there to just kind of be like this kind of loose thing. So mm -hmm. people can see like, oh yeah, these idiots play, you know, these idiots don't know how to rehearse either. So when I go into rehearsal, you know, and we just kind of muck things up, mm -hmm. then they'll see that. And it's just, it's just a way for us to kind of, I'm really about uh, community, like trying to kind of forge community and trying to bring people together in, in ways and, and show each other that there's a, there's a very similar language that we all have. And there's very similar pressures that we put on ourselves. And mm -hmm. there's very similar ways that we all struggle to make things or just struggle in our lives, which is the great thing about writing songs is mm -hmm. that you can, approach different people's lives and universal themes that way. And mm -hmm. I think that building something like this is important to me because I really want people to come together in a, in a community. And even if it doesn't necessarily strengthen my career, it doesn't like build me up and, you know, gift me with awards and all that stuff. As long as it just, I would really love if there was like a strong community bond so that people will work together. People will work to help each other and raise mm -hmm. each other up and, 
And so we can have this kind of like unified, you know, like a rising tide break, you know, raises all ships sort yes. of mentality. Yes, of yes, yes, yes. And I think that is why the parlor is so lucky to have yeah. you as their artist in residency, <laughs> <laughs> um, because obviously that's the entire vibe here that we're, oh, yeah. that he's trying to create is just that interconnectedness that is required for musicians to find their success, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you for being part of it. And thank, well, you, thank you. Yeah, thank I you. I appreciate it. No, really, like you're not just even part of it. You're trying to bring others into it, too, which is that's the glue. That's the special sauce. Like, uh, and, well, it's 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 like uh, I, I think there's a great opportunity in Rhode Island um, mm. that we just that a lot of people don't see. Like we started this conversation talking about how sometimes people are a little wary of success or like a wary of their own skill or a little, you know, apprehensive, or maybe they just don't believe in themselves. And I think that it's, it's places like the parlor places, you know, things like the open mic, the jam session, uh, that in just like this community of really good open musicians who are just trying to be friendly and trying to be nice to each other and try to, but if we can really get that sense of community, belonging and uplift i think that that would really go a long way for helping us become the kind of creative capital that we profess right now to be yep but have you know really ha have been straining to get there so i think you know like the mission of as220 and right. people like the or part, you know, it's like my band we the performance we played was for riot rhode island yeah exactly so. <laughs> another gr I, another great organization here in rhode island mm -hmm. that is trying their hardest to you know, really do something or like the Wilbury theater with the fringe mm -hmm. and that, you know, it's, there are so many opportunities in Rhode Island to kind of bolster this great arts community. Right. But sometimes I think you just need certain people who have nothing better to do than just like, and you know, like all this energy and want to do it. So right. if anybody out there, you know, ever has ideas or anything, come find me at a session, come mm -hmm. find me at a gig and let's talk about it. Because right. I am, I I am, like I said, I started as a young kid wanting to be a musician. I've always wanted to do it, and I've gone most of my life not being able to do it full time, and that's really sucks. But at the same time, I feel like now I'm more poised, so more so than ever, to actually do something of significance and to actually, you know, in being serious, in being disciplined, in being determined I, I think that there's a there's a chance to at least if not get you know the career to at least create something really beautiful and i think i'd like to try to help as many people mm. as they can realize that in themselves too because i spent so many years just kicking myself in the teeth and not allowing myself to do that so yeah and i mean it's not easy you know there's a lot of challenges not just like individually like personally that you put right. on yourself out there in trying to do this thing for real um but luckily we have a lot of resources and you're one of the few that are <laughs> taking advantage of them for example motif magazine this podcast the parlor the artist's residency thing yeah. <laughs> and um yeah i just want to say like keep it up because you are probably impacting people more than you even really see don't focus on the numbers of people that come to shows yeah. because you're going to change somebody's like whole perception 
on if this is something that they can do and pursue just by you doing it and being up there. They can see themselves doing that. And that really changes people's lives. So thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. No, good for you. You as well. And thank <laughs> you. And honestly, like thank you to Moti for giving us, you know, this this space and um, you know, the chance to have this great conversation. I really yeah. appreciate your time and thank you for Same. having me. Thanks for being on Between the Notes. Uh, this is the weekly podcast by Motif Magazine. And we also want to thank the sponsors, particularly the parlor, as if we didn't shout out the parlor enough <laughs> already. <laughs> um, and then also our sponsors, Rhode Island Indoor Carding and Graysale Brewing. And there's one more. Trinity Beer. Oh, yes. Trinity Beer Garden. How could I forget? Love them. Support them. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you next week. This has been Motifs Between the Notes. We would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode, The Parlor, R1 Indoor Carding, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Grace Ale Brewing of Rhode Island. And thank you for listening.